0: Let us resume our Bible study today in the book of 1 Thessalonians chapter 3 verse 5. 1 Thessalonians chapter 3 verse 5, and you may think Daniel was continuing because it's on the same topic. 1 Thessalonians chapter 3 verse 5 says, For this reason, when I could no longer endure it, That is no longer wondering if you guys are on track or not in Thessalonica. How long did Paul get to teach at Thessalonica? About three weeks. And then he's moved on. Can you imagine, just stop and go back, when you had heard the teachings from the scriptures for three weeks were you ready to take off on your own and teach a congregation well that's what's happened is somebody in the congregation was left behind as the teacher they've had 3 weeks of intense bible study with paul so he says i'm dying to know how you guys are doing he says i sent to know your faith he wants paul um, he, he wants timothy and silas to go back and say how are they doing are they on track are they learning are they growing or are they returning back to their old ways? It says, lest by some means the tempter has tempted you, and our labor might be in vain. Paul was afraid that they had turned away, that they had given up. Because you know what? When they got saved and started walking according to the commandments, statutes, and judgments of God, their friends and neighbors weren't saying, hey, good on you, fella, right? They were suffering persecution. And somebody who's not well grounded in his persecution like that is tempted to say, maybe I ought to just go back to my old ways. So Paul wants to know, did that happen? Turn to 2 Peter chapter 2. 2 Peter chapter 2. starting in verse 20. Or, for context, let's look at verse 1, then we get to verse 20. But there were also false prophets among the people. Talking about ancient Israel. Daniel was talking about how many true prophets? There was one. And they wanted to stone him. But there are hundreds of false prophets. Even as there will be false teachers among you. Who will secretly bring in destructive heresies. Even denying the Lord who bought them. If you teach, the commandments of God no longer apply. And Messiah said, till heaven and earth pass away, not the smallest letter, a piece letter will pass away. What have you called Messiah? You've called him a liar. You've called him a blasphemer. You've called him a false prophet. How many Jewish people through the years have perished in unbelief because the church kept telling them that Yeshua abolished God's commandments. One of the greatest deceptions of mankind. You're right. So go to verse 20 now. For if, after they have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior, Yeshua the Messiah, they are again entangled in them, that is, in sin. If they have come to belief, they begun to follow the path And now they're overcome because of tribulation or persecution and they turn back to their old ways of sin as a way of life. What happens? What did Daniel just tell you? They give up. They end up in the lake of fire. They are again entangled in them and overcome. The latter end is worse for them than the beginning. For it would have been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than having known it to turn from the holy commandment delivered to them. That word holy is Hagias, the same word we keep seeing for saint. Who are the saints? Revelation fourteen twelve. Those who keep the commandments of God and the faith of Yeshua. So one of the most common questions I get is Wayne, are you look, look at Billy Graham? How many people he led to the Lord? Yeah, he taught them to do Sunday and to eat pigs and decorate Christmas trees and paint eggs. But look at how many people he caused to love the Lord. Are you telling me he's not saved? My answer is, well let God be the judge, but what does the Bible say? Yeah. Did he lead people to the Lord? Or did he interfere with them coming to the Lord because now they think they're saved? So therefore they have nothing more to do. Are are they going to be people described in Matthew chapter seven, verse 23? Depart from me, I never knew you, you who practice what? Lawlessness. Okay, I'm sorry. Back to the First Thessalonians chapter three. I shouldn't share my personal problems. That part
1: of Second Peter that ties right to Matthew 18, where we talked about the
0: millstone being hung from That part of Second Peter relates right back to Matthew chapter 18 about the millstone being hung around the neck of those who lead, even the youngest one astray. He's not talking about five-year-olds. He's talking about those that are babes in Messiah. What does the Book of Hebrews say? We start out like babies, but then does God expect us to stay as a baby? He expects us to grow. How do we grow? Study. By study and by practicing the scriptures. From
1: the translators of the Bible who purposely did not put in these are a greater false. Are The
0: teacher false. is held to a higher standard. Yeah. They have misled people. Hopefully they did it accidentally, but I have a hard time believing that. Okay, back to 1 Thessalonians chapter 3. We're up to verse 6. But now that Timothy has come to us from you and brought us good news of your faith and love, one thing you're going to notice Is faith and love are intertwined. They are inseparable. You cannot have faith in God without loving God. And you cannot love God without having faith in God. So they go hand in hand like a hand in a glove. And that you always have good remembrance of us. Greatly desiring to see us as we also to see you. The second half of the verse is you remember what we taught you. And not only do you want to continue in it, you want us to come back and continue to teach you. What does it say about a person if they want to know more about the scriptures? They want to know God on a deeper level. Is that somebody you worry about or somebody you're proud of? I can tell you from 30 years of teaching that you can clearly tell who wants to know and who couldn't care less. How many times I've heard, Wayne, I don't care what the Bible says, and I don't care how you finish that sentence, you're wrong. I care what the Bible says. Verse 7, therefore, brethren, in all our affliction and distress, how was Paul and his uh, associates afflicted and distressed? Were they beaten? Were they shipwrecked? Were they stoned? Yes. Yes. So, despite all that happened to us, all that we had to suffer to take the gospel across the world, we were comforted concerning you by your faith. What makes this worthwhile? If you think leading a congregation is the world's greatest joy, it is to see one person have the light bulb come on and say, I want to follow Messiah. I want to serve God with my whole heart. It makes everything worthwhile. That's what Paul's saying. Is when I hear from Timothy that your faith is real, that you are continuing to serve God with your whole hearts. Paul says I don't care about anything that happened to us to get the gospel there. It's all worthwhile. Yes, Dan. you know
1: like the people that Paul reached. They might- plant the seed and then they could spread it somewhere else and then the simple message that Paul gave could spread to hundreds to thousands of people without him even speaking
0: yep every time somebody comes to the Lord and goes and shares their faith with others it's like that little drop of water that drops in the pond and you see the ripple spread and spread and spread and spread Mm -hmm. the apostles could never have taken the gospel to the whole world personally the world's too big but as they bring people to the Lord and train them up, and then they go out and teach others, and they go out and teach others, it spreads. My aunt, I was a child, young child, and she taught me every time she saw me, seventh day, seventh day, Sabbath.
1: I went to a Lutheran school, that was Sunday, right? But that stayed with me. It made me search the scriptures into my adulthood. So it might be a seed planted, Way back when, that you might not even
0: remember. Yeah, scripture says one person plants a seed, another person waters. So, half the people you talk to, 99.9% of the people you talk to, <laughs> may not come to God as you're talking to them. But maybe you'll see them five years later and they'll say, Remember that seed you planted? Mm-hmm. Thank you for doing that for me.
1: And your actions. And your actions.
0: Yeah, that is what the Messiah says is so critical about our walk because your actions speak louder than your words. That's what he said in Matthew 7 is how you can judge a true teacher from a false. Not listen to the words, but look at what they do. No stories. Verse 8. For now we live if, only that if, you stand fast in the Lord. Meaning what? What if the word had come back from Timothy? Hey, they've all gone back to their pagan ways. You didn't make a hoot of difference in Greece. Would that just have destroyed him? It would have. It would have destroyed him. But to hear their faith that they're living it, that, that it's true, that it's real, that it's deep, gives new life to Paul. And Timothy and Silas, and they can go on and reach more. Our suffering, he says, was not in vain. That word, if, is a conditional conjunction. A conditional conjunction. Conditional conjunction. That's what if means. On to verses 9 to 10. For what thanks can we render to God for you? Meaning, how can we possibly thank God that you came to faith? Is Paul saying, I did it, look at me, pat me on the back? No. He thanks God that these people came to faith. Who said earlier that every time someone gets saved, the angels in heaven rejoice? That's a true biblical thing. All of heaven rejoices. The old Jewish adage is, one who saves one person, is as if they saved the entire world. So some people will say, well, I've only led a couple people to the Lord in my lifetime. Well, what, what, what is that? The answer is life to these people. Yeah,
1: you know. so if Abraham only had one son, not Abram, but Abraham, how many descendants did he have?
0: Numerous yeah. as the stars in the heavens. Yeah. So, yeah.
1: so if you the concept of leading one person to Christ
0: could result in a greater exponential Yep. and it's that's the way it should yeah. mm-hmm. for what things can we render to God for you for all the joy with which we rejoice for your sake before our God night and day praying exceedingly that we may see your face and perfect what is lacking in your faith Paul says in three weeks, I didn't get to teach you everything. I want so badly to come back and teach you more. Would you believe you can't learn everything from the Bible in three weeks? Would you believe that?
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> I used to say a lot. I don't say it as much anymore, but I still think it's true. God writes in the margins when we're sleeping. Because every time you go through a scripture, you say, wait, I never saw that before. There's a new nugget. Wow. Wow. And verse 10 says, night and day, praying exceedingly that we may see your face and perfect what is lacking in your faith. Go to the book of Philippians. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. Philippians, Colossians. Chapter 4, verse 1. Therefore, my beloved and longed-for brethren. Philippians chapter 4, verse 1. Therefore, my beloved and longed-for brethren, talking about the believers at Philippi, which is also in Greece. My joy and crown. So stand fast in the Lord, meaning don't give up, don't turn away, don't lose your faith, don't stop walking the path, choose to walk it. That hepe'el verb is a mind blower. How many of you read Genesis before and Enoch walked with God and said, hey, that's nice, they're going the same direction. But that's not what the word means. It means he chose to walk with God. Everybody else is walking away from God. He's going, "Uh uh-uh, I'm walking with my God. Stand fast in the Lord, beloved. So what does Paul say is his crown? What's he looking for in heaven? He's not looking for a crown of gold so I can have all this gold in my hands. What is his crown? The people that he led to the Lord that will stand in heaven with him. Ah, what a day that's going to be. First Thessalonians 2. Somebody will say, hey, we've already read that. Yeah, but I've forgotten already. Verse 2. 1 Thessalonians 2 verse 19, chapter 2 verse 19. For what is our hope or joy or crown of rejoicing? Is it not even you in the presence of our Lord Yeshua the Messiah at his coming? If they have stayed true, stayed on the path until the Lord's coming, that means they never gave up, they never turned away. They never return to the old lifestyle. But in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 17, didn't Paul say, Once you get saved, continue to walk as the Gentiles walk? Oh, with stop? Let's go look. Ephesians four seventeen. I will stop taking us to Ephesians four seventeen when y'all start quoting it the minute I say it. Other than that, we're gonna keep looking. Because I heard all my life growing up, Paul told us to stop keeping those Jewish commandments. God hates it when we keep his commandments. He was a child, I thought, that doesn't sound right. How many of your parents, didn't you just love it when you told your kids to do something and they said, no, I'm not gonna? Didn't that thrill you? may have warmed their backsides a little bit. Well, that's for another day. For this I say, brethren, Is that what he says? No, he says, this I say therefore, and testify in the Lord. Why is he saying testify in the Lord? It's absolutely true. That you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk in the futility or perverseness of their mind. This means take that heat pa'al definition of walk and choose to walk with the Lord. Because as Moses said in Deuteronomy 30, I said before you today, life and death. Choose life, but you get to choose. Will you walk with the Lord or will you not? Romans 6.16 says what? The one you serve is the one you obey and vice versa. Who said keep the Sabbath? God. Who said keep Sunday? The man, the Pope. man. Who gets to decide what we do? God or man? If you obey the Pope over God, that's what happened in Genesis. At the Garden of Eden when God said, don't eat the apple and the serpent said, eat the apple. Who did they obey? They obeyed the serpent. And now Satan's called what in the scripture? The God of this world. How did he get to be the God of this world? Adam and Eve chose him over God. May I suggest that you not do that? Ever. Let's go back to 1 Thessalonians. 1 Thessalonians, chapter 3, verse 11. Now may our God and Father himself and our Lord Yeshua the Messiah direct our way to you. Doesn't actually read that way, even in the Greek, does it? It reads that he is the Father of us is the way (laughs) it literally reads. He is the Father of us. He's the Lord of us. In verse eleven, it says, "May our God and Father." The Greek is more literal as the father of us, the Lord of us, meaning the one we chose. What does the word Lord mean? Master, Master, the one we serve, the one we obey, the one we do what he says. Unless, of course, you read Luke chapter 6. Let's go back to Luke chapter 6. Verse 46. But why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do the things which I say? Do you see the inconsistency of saying, you're my Lord, you're my master, and I ain't doing it? Back in Messiah's day, what happened to servants who said, master, I ain't doing it? They got beat, sometimes worse it was bad. doesn't it go right along with what we talked about earlier? In First John 4. In First John 4, a spirit that confesses that Yeshua is the Messiah, but then,
1: you know, those people will say, you know, yeah, I believe in the Lord, I
0: believe. Those in the people say, "Yeah, I believe." They confess with their mouth. But their heart is far from them. Matthew 15, Mark 4, right?
1: And this is what the Lord is saying right here. You can, say, you can give me lip service all day. You can say I'm your Lord, but yep. if you don't do what I say, you don't do my commandments, do you really
0: love me? If you don't do what I say, if you don't do my commandments, do you really love me? He says, no, you do not. Mm-hmm. How many verses could we give on that point? Seven or eight? Yeah. Well, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do the things which I say? That ties us right back to Malachi chapter 1, verse 6, doesn't it? Let's go back to Malachi 1, 6. That's why it takes me so long to get to a book of a Bible. Everything I see says, hey, go look at this, go look at that. <laughs> Malachi 1 6. What does Malachi mean in Hebrew? My messenger or my angel. Malach is one who is speaking on behalf of another. Verse 6 A son honors his father, and a servant his master. If then I am the father, where's my honor? And if I'm a master, where's my reverence? Says the Lord of hosts. Now do you see why? Let's go back to 1 Thessalonians chapter 3. I wanted to look deeper at verse 11. Now may our God, the God of us, the Father of us, the Lord of us. He's trying to get across the point, if I'm your father, where's my honor? If I'm your Lord, where's your reverence? If I'm your God, why aren't you serving me? In the case of the Thessalonians, Paul's saying, I thank the Lord always that you are. That you've understood. And verse 12 leads us right to a passage that Daniel just talked about. Which is 1 John chapter 5 verses 2 to 3. So let's read verse 12 here. And may the Lord make you increase and abound in love to one another and to all. Just as we do to you. In English love is an emotion. In a biblical Hebrew, it is an action verb. So what does Paul mean? May the Lord make you increase and abound in love to one another and to all. Do it, show it. it, it. Let's turn up to 1 John chapter 5, 2 to 3. How do we show our love to our brothers? It's very specific in 1 John chapter 5, verse 2. mm -hmm, By this we know that we love the children of God. When we love God and keep his commandments. So when Paul says, your love for one another should abound more and more, he means keep the commandments, keep them truly, keep them honestly, keep them faithfully. And if you do that, that's showing love to your brothers as well as to God. When, yes, ma'am? Um, so commandments here means the Torah, or does it mean the Ten Commandments? The Ten Commandments are not all of the commandments. When they asked the Lord which is the greatest commandment in the Torah, he said What? Love the Lord your God with our heart, mind, soul, and strength, which is not in the Ten Commandments, it's in Deuteronomy 6. And love your neighbors yourself, which is from Leviticus chapter 19. So when they asked the Lord, which is the greatest commandment in the Torah, he didn't pick from the Ten, did he? What were the Ten? They're called throughout the Hebrew of the Old Testament. They are the testimony. They're called the testimony because the people all heard them with their own ears. Why didn't God go past 10? Because they said, Lord, don't speak directly to us anymore. Tell the rest of Moses. Let him tell the rest to us. So there is no indication that God was done with 10. Let's hang it up. But the people said, Lord, we can't take it anymore if you talk directly to us. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Back to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Okay, we'll go to chapter
1: 3.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We'll go to chapter 3. Verse 12, I just want to make sure we fully understand it. And may the Lord make you increase and abound in love to one another. If you're not keeping the commandments of God, you're not loving each other. How does that apply in this world today? People say, we've got to encourage homosexuality because they're just loving each other. Is that the biblical love we're talking about here? It is not. If you love someone, can you stand back and watch them on a path to the lake of fire and do nothing? How many of you remember the poem I keep sending out periodically called My Friend? About one who opens their eyes in the lake of fire, looking up at you in heaven saying, you knew and you didn't tell me, you let me come here and you call me your friend? You're not my friend. So if you want to abound in love to one another, teach the gospel, teach the commandments of God, teach the Torah. Get people to understand that not everything you hear from a pulpit is right. And you know how people respond to that? What, you expect me to read the Bible for myself? The answer to that is yes. Yeah. Yeah. Verse thirteen So that Ooh, what do you think of a phrase like so that? Is there a consequence to loving one another? So you may establish your hearts blameless. What's that word going to be in Hebrew? Tamim, which means without spot or blemish. In holiness. In holiness. That word holiness is from the same root that you get the word saint, which is hagios, one who keeps the commandments of God and the faith of Yeshua. I'm still looking for the place where it defines keeping the commandments of God or the faith in Yeshua. Where is that? It's nowhere. Does God not know that there's a word or maybe? No, let's not be silly. Establish your hearts in holiness before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Yeshua the Messiah with all his saints. Keeping on the path. Don't give up. Don't veer off the path. So he keeps saying not just now. But may that faith be evident. At the time our Messiah comes. And he comes with all of his what? Saints. Revelation 14.12. Those who keep the commandments of God. And the faith of Yeshua. This tells us several things. One. He cannot come back with the saints. If the saints are not with him. He is coming back from heaven, so where must the saints have been? He's not coming to the saints, he's coming with the saints. Is he coming with some of the saints? He's coming with all the saints. Let's take a look at that word holiness for the next 29 seconds. Let's start in Romans chapter 1 verse 4. Romans chapter 1 verse 4.
1: That's okay. Um, Go ahead. In verse 13 of 1 Thessalonians 3, that word so is the word ice. Which ice. Here's the purpose of why you love your brother, why you keep the commandments. Yep. So everything that follows that word so is here's the, the reward.
0: Yep. Very good. Yeah, He said that word so is ice. But you know what? Our time has expired. That's okay. We'll pick up next week, Lord willing, finishing verse 13 and then starting chapter 4. And we might get to 5. We'll find out.